0: Welcome to Watch This, Bitches. This is part two of the Jeff Varner interview.
1: Well, Uh a question I want to ask on... Not getting into, you know, the controversy of everything that happened. You can get into
2: it. I'm not afraid of it.
1: I have a slightly better note question to ask first. Okay. (laughs) You said, you know, when you get voted out, you know, they paint you into this villain. You did one bad thing. They find the scenes to build up to that. So Mm -hmm. I did see moments in watching where you and Zeke, you had a very deep bond. I just want to know what that relationship was really like. Because I feel like the show, now that you're saying that, you know, they put all these scenes together to make this character, mm-hmm. I feel like we didn't get to see the extent and, of your relationship and how right. close you two really were. Right. I
0: didn't watch all the episodes. I was because I had to kind of pick and choose what I yeah. could watch. But even I watching that last episode, I was like, something's not tracking. Okay. Me, something yes, didn't ma'am. <laughs> track because I it went from it went from this yeah. wonderful, wonderful. And then all of a sudden it was like, there was like this, I didn't understand that this flip or something, I just didn't quite get it. And I thought, okay, I've missed something because
2: yeah, you didn't miss anything. It was, okay. things were cut out um, okay. and, and damning things. I think that show intent. Oh. Um, But I just, I, uh, when we got out there, Zeke and I weren't on the same tribe. So, it wasn't really a thing, but I knew he was trans. I could tell I saw the scars at the Ponderosa before we went out. I um would test just a little bit with the producers. I would because you're not supposed to talk to each other, but I knew that they liked that aggressive sort of thing. So I was trying to give them a little of that, like I did with Australia, like I did with Cambodia. I was doing what I thought they brought me there to do. And I would throw out a little nugget privately with them. I was like, Is he's trans, isn't he? Like I would. Let them know that I knew just to see their reaction, because when we got out there to go for that, that was an all star season. And we show up at the hotel to get on the plane to fly to Fiji. And there are two people I've never seen before because Survivor shoots two seasons back to back. They'll shoot season 33 in April to March, and then they'll shot 34 in May to July. So 33 happened. And something happened there that had them say, okay, Michaela and Zeke, you are the two. We're going to bring you right back. So I was immediately fascinated with them and you're, I'm a body language person. So I'm getting ready to play a game. I'm sitting here in this airport. I mean, this hotel lobby with these legends there's Sandra there's Ceree, like there's Ozzy. Oh my God, who are these people? And what did they do to get here? Is he the winner? Is she the winner? Like, I immediately was focused on them. I I knew everybody else. I knew how I was going to go. I had some alliances already set up like we do. And I just was fascinated. So I would throw out little questions and ask little questions. And when the show started, he wasn't there. So Zeke wasn't really part of the process for me. The sec, the first flip tribe swap we did into the game. We again, didn't end up on the same place. So he really wasn't a factor. It wasn't like we had a relationship. Um, But then that last swap, it was me and Sandra against all of them. And he was there and Ty was there. And every time I would try to take someone into the jungle to talk to them, Zeke would show up. And when they show up, the people you're talking to will react in one of two ways. They'll either be and change the subject because that person doesn't need to know what we're talking about, or they'll act like nothing happened and keep talking, which means they're aligned with that person too. Right. So every private conversation I would have, Zeke would pop up and that person would have that. We're buddies. thing. wouldn't change the subject. I knew Zeke was aligned with everybody and I was watching him like a hawk. Russell Hance did the same thing. He did season 19, then came out and immediately went back to season 20. And he started Heroes versus Villains and they didn't know who he was. And he was the devil, you know, like he was awful and he was in oh, control yeah. of everything. And he played it off a completely different way. In my mind, that's who Zeke was. You did something to get here with these big dogs. I want to know who you are. And we got to know each other. You know, we talked, he talked about how his um thesis at Harvard in college was about how um Jesus Christ is transgender. <laughs> it was about a transgender concept within religion. And I knew and he wasn't bringing it up, but when he would say stuff like that, I would think to myself, okay, so you're, you're out like you're, and then it's like, you just played a season that hasn't aired yet. So you're already out to the world. You're just not out here. And because I thought he was the devil, Russell Hance, I just never trusted him. I didn't trust it. I played him and we talked, but I never really trusted him. I thought he was playing me. And. That day we had that talk on the beach, we never talked about it. I expected him to bring it up. It wasn't my thing to bring up. I figured if you're going to bring it up, you're going to bring it up. And he didn't. And we talked about game and family, and it was a great conversation. We got along really well, but he let me know some secrets. And it was me. I was going home. I needed to find a crack in that alliance in some way if I was going to stay at all. And my whole focus was find the crack, find the crack. So when Zeke said, um, Sarah and... Andrea are going to lie to your face and all this stuff. And then I saw that as the crack. So I went and used that. And that was the last conversation I had with Zeke. He came up to me and said, I can't save you. Sorry, they're all going to vote you out, but they're going to lie to you. So I used what he said to start this whole fire and got those girls against him and didn't the thing I do in Survivor trying to stay alive. I tore that whole place up looking for uh, an idol tell me if I'm going on too far. Cause no, I'm, no, I'm walking you mean. through the whole process. No. I tore that whole Island up looking for an idol. I found out later. I wasn't too far from it. Oh. Um, I should have kept going up a hill, but when I'm going up the hill, I see Ozzy hiding behind a tree staring at me and then he would duck back behind the tree. So I knew he was following me. No. So I thought, I'm look-
0: no, we didn't see,
2: no, you didn't see any of this. So yeah. I, turn around. I should have walked right on up the hill. I'd have found that idol, but I turned around and walked down and I was like, Ozzy, stop hiding behind a tree. You look like a fucking idiot. Just come talk to me. If I find the idol, you'll see that I have found it. And if I haven't found it, you'll know that I didn't find it. So just come on. And I got his guard down and I got him talking about his game. He told me who he was aligned with and that he was aligned with Zeke and Andrea. And instantly I knew I found my crack. Because that means Ty and Debbie and Sarah are not in that alliance. So the producers heard that. Okay, so they heard that. I'm getting ready to tell you some secrets. And as soon as uh, that hit kind of out there, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but the uh, uh, assistant producer guy said it's time for your interview and it was all the sun was setting i'm going to tribal i just found my crack i know what to do i need to get back to those three people and they pull me into the jungle for an interview my final interview before tribal as i'm walking through the path i see the set in the far distance the light set up and everything's ready and the producer's walking toward me and i knew instantly this isn't right this isn't good We're not supposed to be alone without microphones, witnesses, people. This is against the rules. I knew it. She came up to me and I can't, I've got it written down somewhere. I can't tell you exactly how that conversation went, but she said, I know you're going to play the Aussie card and I think it's a very good one, but Jeff and Mark would like to know how you're going to play the trans card. Never even came up in my mind. Not even a comment I made, not any of that. And I'm like, what? And I stood there with her for five to 10 minutes and she's tap dancing through my head. And I'm trying to put the things together to go do what I got to do. But now I got to go do this. And why are you doing this to me? I hadn't slept in three weeks. I haven't eaten anything. I'm stressed. I'm paranoid. I'm under pressure. Why are you messing with me like this? I remember thinking. And when I went and sat down for that interview, she just kept asking about it. And I'm thinking, I need to get over here and talk to Sarah and these guys. This is not, this isn't it. I can't remember the whole process, but I got so emotional. And I looked at her and I was like, now that you're done, will you give me 30 minutes to go over here and talk to these people? And she did. So I went and I pulled Sarah and Debbie and Ty into the woods. And I said, I've come up with some new information. And if I can tell you tonight at Tribal how you're not part of something here, you're being deceived. Will you vote with me? And they all agreed to. So I had that primed. I went into tribal council. I knew what I was going to do, how I was going to do it. I had it. And if you'll go back and watch it, you'll see that's how I started. Jeff said, Jeff, you're, he could see it in my body language. I knew what to do. Go ahead and start. And in that process, I was explaining to them how Zeke is aligned with this one and this one. And he's not aligned with the three of you. You're out of it. We can vote them out. Zeke pops up and says, "I'm not in, I'm not deceiving anybody. And out of my mouth came then why don't you tell people you're transgender? Because in my head, I thought everybody knew except the people sitting right there. I thought he was out loud, proud. He's talking about his thesis in front of people. He just left a season and came onto this new season. So the people watching at home knew he was, he's already come out. Like in my mind, that's who he was. And it never dawned on me that he was in the closet, not once. So when that realization hit, It was awful. It was the worst experience of my life. I sat there. When it hit me, what's going to happen? What happened? And now I'm going to be on TV as being that guy who did that. And it was just horrific. I can't even begin to explain how that all went down. But I just remember feeling hands on me. In the beginning, I felt fingers. there's there's a visual image that I have burned into my head of Andrea and Ty and everybody turned around at me with fingers, how dare you? And I was in this shame circle that felt like I was there for a month and it was awful. And I don't remember a lot more. I think I I broke down, it was bad, but they, all of a sudden I felt hands on me. And I heard Jeff Probst say, Varner, I've known you 20 years, you don't have a hateful bone in your body. I heard Zeke say, Varner is stronger than me. He did what I needed to do. And I I thank him for it. I heard all kinds of stuff along those lines. And when it was over, I just got up and left. And the therapist said, this is going to be perfectly fine. It's going to be ugly for a couple of minutes. But you guys came to this beautiful, compassionate place. And what a great story. This is going to be great conversation. And she really had that image in her mind. And I did too. And I carried it forever. And when I got back, Zeke and I finally spoke on the phone and he told me that they were trying as hard as they could to get him to come out in season 33. And he refused to do it. He said he actually told them one time, if you keep pushing me, I'm going to walk off this set. And they left him alone. So that's the second reason I believe I was on Game Changers was because his story was coming out one way or another. That's what they wanted in the seasons. That was the topic of the day. Remember, Uh, bathroom bills and all that stuff that was going on. That's what was in. And Jeff was so honed in on winning another Emmy. I read in a New York Times magazine where he admitted, a New York Times, uh, the paper where he admitted in an interview that his deepest fear was that Hollywood would not find him credible. Not a credible storyteller. And I had worshiped Jeff Probst up to that moment, and it just broke my heart because it's like, okay, he's trying to win an Emmy. He's creating this so he could be relevant in that day. And when the show aired, it was not that. All of those supportive, affirming things I heard were cut out. And why? What's wrong with leaving in the show, Varner, I've known you 20 years. You don't have a hateful bone in your body. What would it have hurt to leave that 10-second bite in there? Why did they take it out? I have battled in my head for years with the question, "How did that happen?" And then I found out and read in their press releases that Glad was called in. Apparently, Probst did that on his own. The network was not happy with him when he got back because they had to fix a mess they had, and they brought Glad in to help. And Glad took 100% control of the edit of that episode, which changed everything for me. Because why would that organization trash a gay guy to elevate the trans guy? Like you represent both of us. You should be concerned of how we're both treated in this edit and on this TV show. But you just threw me away. If they're in charge of that edit, they did those things. They were trying to make me look a certain way. And to know that GLAAD is an organization that changes the narrative to change society, which is on their website in some way. Why is this the narrative that had to happen that night? That's a question that I'm writing a book about. I have journeyed through so many different places in my head and my mind, way up here, the lowest of the low, trying to figure out how that happened and why. And it led me into a research project that's changed who I am as a human, And uh, I'm just rambling on. I'm so sorry. I just told you a whole bunch of stuff and a little bit of pop. And it was a lot. But my experience with that show is wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. It changed my life. It was fantastic. Um, But what they did to me there at the end was exploitative. It was awful. And it has affected everything about me i've been canceled twice um i have just been taught to forgive people it doesn't matter shame we all have shame and when people are yelling at you and calling you names and trying to hurt you it's just them working out their shame i didn't do anything to them they just are triggered by something i did and that shame is being targeted at me because i'm the one who brought it to them and made them feel that and it's just helped me forgive people. People for years, I still to this day get hate. It's awful, the stuff that comes my way. They'll take screenshots, send it my employer, and I am my employer, so I get those. <laughs> and it's like, who are you and why are you doing this to me? And Eliza Orleans is another, you know who she is, I'm sure, um, CG. She's on survivor. She ran for New York City district attorney, Manhattan district attorney or whatever. She went online and said, we need to shut Jeff Varner up. We need to de-platform these people. And she put this whole call to action out there, I felt like. And my f- phone lights up and I get all this hateful mail and my boss calls me and I got threatened with being canceled again. I just walked away and started my own company. It's like, I'm, I'm not dealing with you people anymore. And I've been doing pretty well, mm-hmm. but the writing helps me a lot. I'm I'm really diving into my life and who I am as a human and how I got where I am and why I make the choices I make and what I went through and how this experience after helped me heal a lot of it. I'm in a really good place right now, but it took me a lot of work to get here and I can hate Survivor one minute. I haven't watched it since April 12th, 2017. I have very strong opinions about Glad. And um, other organizations and what they're doing today and how that's all happening. And I'm just working through it as best I can and just trying to be grateful for the people who want to hear from me and talk to me. And I'm so happy that you guys had me here today to talk about this stuff, even though this may not be what you wanted to talk about. It's where we headed. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity. I am.
0: Well, I'm first of all. That's you're brave. You're courageous, you're brave, and thank you for telling. And you have every right to be an imperfect human being as we all are. It's progress, it's not perfection. We're all trying to find our way in this world. And once, like we said before, mistakes are to be celebrated if something good comes from it if we learn from these things. And as somebody who literally just watched this episode for the first time not even the whole season um yes it was shocking and but my mind because i'm i'm still looking at this like from the production point of view and all that yes. i thought i i i kept saying to myself what did i miss what did i miss because it it did feel uh, it did feel aggressive and it did feel and I but I thought, you know, of course, you're going to the end. You're getting, you said I'm going to do anything I can to fight my way into this. But what was interesting, of course, there were intense reactions of you can't do that. I mean, I I, I do agree with, you know, yes. outing, but then afterwards, Zeke had some wonderful it had a wonderful interview explaining. If yes, it's not the way I wanted to do this, but it's only because. I try, I don't talk about it because I know that people tend to put that as the most important thing about me and I just want to be myself. Yes. Now, I if anybody out there hears, he says this wonderful story, like he was very calm, cool, collected, and okay. And the reaction, it was more the reactions of everyone else that weren't, seemed mm-hmm. to be, like you said, yeah. evoked something painful yeah. in them because I constantly say he who has not sinned throw that stone yes. because it, that's what there was one of my questions was you've been the um you've been subjected to negative media and how are you handling that and you answered all of that because every situation needs to be handled with compassion that's the only way i know how to do that yes every human being to seek to understand and seek to be understood yeah it's not black and white it is not one side on the other and but i do think you bring up a really important thing that's coming to light bethany frankel is talking about the exploitation of reality shows yes and what and and so i think you bring up a very very good point and you have every right to defend, especially if like you just said, you're not continuing behavior that is hurting people or you've made a mistake. And, and, and I'm not, and I'm not discounting the impact of something so important that was said that words can have such an impact. And then you have come, you know, and, and organizations coming in and like, I, I'm not an expert on that. I have no opinion on that, but I think it's so important that you're now saying I'm finding the positive. I've got my feet on the ground. I know who I am. And I've learned from this. And yes, it's important to have the ability to find the positive in the worst situations.
2: Absolutely. And I'm not perfect at that. I'm good at that. I've done that my whole life, but I'm not perfect. And, you know, after six years or so of taking, like, literally every day, I will get something from somebody saying something awful. I just woke up one day and said, I'm, it's enough. Y'all have beaten me to death enough. It's been six years and I started fighting back. And that opened up a whole nother can of worms and all this ugliness is going on. But I'm not backing off of it because I am not who y'all think I am. And I'm not going to forgive you for this anymore. This is a different place. You sent me a way to learn something. I had a trans woman come to me online one day and say, you need to get that fuck offline and go read a book, learn something. So I did. I'm out in public and people are like, I hate what they did to you. And then they'd ask questions, well, what is this trans stuff? And I didn't know. I'm a gay man. I've always been supportive and, you know, of all of it. I've been part of the movement my whole life and I don't have a negative, hateful bone in my body. But I couldn't ignore that. They were still asking. So I researched and studied and memorized all the little buzzwords and made sure I said the right things. And then in my research, I would find things that didn't make sense. And then this didn't make sense. And why are they saying that while this study is telling me this? And it's really brought me to a place where I'm seeing life differently, like how I approach everything. And it's just a, I can't even begin to explain this whole journey. It's... I'm struggling. Writing a book is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I've been writing it for six years now. And I have to relive things and pull stuff out of my childhood. And this is going to hurt my mom's feelings if I write this. So let's not write this, but it needs to be written. So let's write it anyway. And then I get in a fight with my mom on the phone because I'm answering the phone feeling what I felt then. And it's not fair now. And there's so much happening and in the world and so much that I won't tolerate anymore. It's given me new boundaries and it's helped me rearrange my peer group and people I respected and loved with the show. Don't talk to me anymore. Some of them, and it's fine because you can't go where I'm going. So it's changed everything for me.
1: I I do want to say that from someone who watched the show and then hearing you speak about it now, like my mom said it, it makes much more sense and, It makes me upset that, you know, the people who demonize you for all of this, you know, they claim you're hateful, but then they just meet you with more hate. Yeah. And that doesn't benefit you. It doesn't benefit them. It doesn't benefit, you know, bringing awareness to trans rights and everything. And I just, it's disappointing that that is the way it had to be. But I also want to say that as a girl in her early 20s and learning how to take accountability for mistakes and learning from them and growing, like hearing you speak this way about something that has affected your life so much and changed who you are. It's inspirational to me because so many people will just take their mistakes and make excuses and not actually face them head on and not deal with the grief and the pain and everything that's going on inside. So you're like, I'm inspired, like I'm getting emotional. Listen Catherine to Grace. You.
2: Catherine <laughs> Grace, girl. You go have to <laughs> thank you.
1: It's just, it's, it's I appreciate amazing that so much to me because it's it takes a lot. Hey, of... baby.
2: You hear daddy crying. Come here. Come <laughs> make <meet> some friends. <laughs> he just pulled the microphone out. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. It's my dog, cofer
1: oh, hi. hi, baby. Oh, it kind of looks like Lucy, hi, mom. Hi. mom. Yeah.
2: He felt <laughs> me. He feels me. You yeah, know,
1: emotion, emotional support. Yeah, animal.
2: he's he's my baby. He's been with me through the whole ride. This is what went to bed with me every night when I was wanting to oh, kill myself. Man. Oh,
1: I'm yeah.
2: so great. You know, Get you down. love we'll animals, animals yes.
1: for support.
2: Absolutely. Um, anyway, I, I, I didn't mean you. to have him derail you.
1: No, thank you. I appreciate you that so much. Being so honest about it, because it takes it's There's harder so much more to do the hard thing and admit to things than to just live with it and keep going the way it is. you know. Learning from your mistakes is the harder thing to do. People think it's harder to deal with the hate. It's so much harder to face it head on.
2: And you know what? It's a lesson I've learned. There are so many people out there that do things that they can't take accountability for. And the tips and tricks and things they do to hide it and prevent it and protect themselves are visible to me now. Because I've worked through all of this. I see this now. I see it in my family. I see it in my coworkers. I see it in other people. It's changed how I relate to people. Like it's changed everything. Ridding yourself of shame and really walking in courage as best you can, even when what you're you're trying to say is not popular, is not. A, it's not for sissies. That's for sure.
0: I I would just offer that 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 people you know humans individuals walk through the world with a lot of blame like yeah. blaming mean play let's blame hollywood let's yeah. blame this person let's blame 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 yes. but oftentimes the solution to every problem is within ourselves
2: absolutely because
0: if if a situation evokes so much anger as opposed to seeking to understand and 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 reacting with some kind of compassion like let's maybe i can understand like some something on a deeper level but just all i have is anger i need to look at myself because why only anger and resentment only hurts me and then yeah if you if you if you address it or or place it on somebody else it doesn't there's no there's no benefit from from that as opposed you feel
2: better to, in that moment right that or, shedding you know, it's of like, shame. i'm right
0: you're wrong yeah. it, um you have no right this and it's um you know there's 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 out there's things that are outrageous in in the world right now there's there's terrible terrible atrocities mm-hmm. going on yes. and, but it is my job in this world to not make assumptions. I love the four agreements, you know, (laughs) you know, try to be impeccable with my word. And that just, that's not even, you know, obviously not just coming out of our mouths, how we talk to ourselves, how we treat others, you know, not making assumptions, always doing our best. And, you know, those it's, it's not life is hard, whether it's even, even the most successful people, their successful lives are hard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, no matter what we have to pick our hard, you know, it's, it's, um. there's no right answer. There's no, but I know that most people are either acting in love or fear. And under that 100%. love umbrella is compassion and grace and kindness and patience and peace. And under fear is hate, suspicion, anger, envy, all of those things. So if you're, mm-hmm. I've taught myself, if I'm, what is my intention here? And, um, you know, I, you could even say that that even playing that game at the very end and game changers at the very end, it, it may like, that may not have that. That may have been under the fear umbrella of getting cast off. hundred percent. Yeah. Under the, the intention.
2: And also the fear of being seen like you're on camera. So how I'm acting here is going to be seen by my little niece, my little nephew. And how am I going to explain this to them and You know then you come back from it and you've got 10 months before it airs you got 10 months to do some work and clean up and it's just an impossible thing because you feel like one thing's going to air and then something else airs and all of a sudden it's just a whole nother animal and it won't die and it won't go away and it becomes you have to adjust and adapt and accept is the big thing
0: and i can i can only imagine look I you know, we started a podcast and one of the things that was difficult for me was I loved hiding behind a script and being a character. Yeah. But then you get on a podcast and you become yourself. And we had some bad comments, you know, and and but it kind of taught I mean nothing, nothing. Un- I'm sure what, what what you went through, but but people yeah. saying all kinds of things. And if you're I'm just glad I'm in a place where I just let it roll off like a duck. But if you have so many consequences like employ, you know, if you're, if you're let go from work or you've been officially canceled, like it, there's, it's, it's been a cancel culture for a long time. And, yeah. and I do believe there's it's one thing and people going back to people, what people have tweeted years ago, because we are in a different time than 20 years ago. Yes, we are. What's acceptable. What's not acceptable. We've right. made some great strides. Pendulums are swinging and very, distinct areas and um and there's a lot of good that's come from it but again i will maintain that mistakes as long as we're saying wait a second i acknowledge i take responsibility i'm making amends which means amends means to make whole not just to Mm -hmm. say you're sorry and to change behavior that's the best thing we can hope for and if you have a problem with that then you have your own problems
2: yeah Everybody coming at you like that is problem. They have their own problems. That's why it has nothing to do with what you did. You didn't do anything wrong. We all have different opinions. We all have different ways we do things. And that's what the beauty of this country is, is that we can be that and right. respect our First Amendment calls on us to respect another's religion, another's point of view, another's speech. And we seem to have lost that. And it's so when when you're being canceled and everybody's coming at you and you click to see their profiles to see who they are. Uh, you begin to see a story start to happen and is a certain type of person and then you re you meet people in person they are sort of like that and you make judgments about them because of who these over here did and it just affects everything yeah it's hard to explain I'm getting a little heady here but well and
0: I do want to go back to that moment because I did see this instant like I it I think it was impulsive and yes, it's that, is that a, and I, that's a great way to put ADHD, it. Yeah. ADHD. You said like, yes. People... And
2: I don't think it would have come out of my mouth had that a producer left me alone. Cause I had another plan. You got had another thing
0: going on. Yeah.
2: Man. She planted a seed. They let her go. I think yeah. she's no longer with the show. I'm not sure what happened there, but
0: well, you, it was an impulsive thing that was shocking and everybody had a reaction. And then this look on Zeke's face was like he he was lost, but then mm-hmm. also you had absolute remorse that I could feel. Yes, immediately. I did. And the other, I'm not gonna, re- I don't remember his name. The other gentleman who said he's he's an openly gay, um, tie tie. He was saying, and he he's like, I have compassion for him. I don't agree mm-hmm. with what he did, mm-hmm. but I have compassion, and that would to me was like, that, so they showed a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's a little I bit mean, of I, it instantly thought that that's, you know, I, and even like I said, it was, it felt good to hear Zeke say it's fine. I'm fine. It's okay. And, and it it is a kind of a comment on society that they love to take something that could have been a, you know, a a difficult, questionable thing that had some wonderful results possibly, and turn it into something that really made you question, and, and put you in a, in a difficult place. Mm-hmm. And shame is also one of those things that I think is a really an individual thing mm-hmm. that, that we create ourselves. And, and is uh, I think we've all. And people
2: pour that. into you as well. Like it's, you know, me- and if it's happening to you when you're young, it's worse, you know, shame does, it has nowhere to go, but out. So as long as you are being shamed or feel shame or being made to feel shame, it's like an, it's a beast inside you that grows and it just eventually gets big enough that you explode in some way. I've done a lot of studying into shame through this situation. I've learned a great deal, a lot about PTSD. I've been diagnosed with PTSD. From this situation. Rea- yes, I've had yeah. reactions and um, I still to this day have them and I have to really work at it. There's a therapist and a, a team that I still work with today that helps me. But it's uh, no, people don't know what that did to me. And when I see someone cancel someone else, even if they deserve to be whiplashed in front of the world, my heart goes to them. And I always side now with the person who's being beat up on. And I didn't do that before. I might've helped. I might've joined in. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that change. And there's a lot that's happened. There's a whole lot that we could talk about that I didn't go into that would give you perspective on some other things.
0: So when you left the show, that time, um, you know, obviously, they they because, like I said, it was like all of a sudden Jeff was like, Okay, it and I felt like this was he said it's he put his opinion on, he didn't say right. he said he was like, Do we even need to vote? Day? Yeah, we don't need to vote. It's and it's
2: funny, I had a uh, Columbia University, New York City grad doing a PhD thesis or whatever they call those things, where they had to get up and present, you know, I'm not academic, so I'm not exactly sure what they had to do, but he called me to interview me because sir, this episode was part of his thesis or whatever. What's that called? Is it a thesis? A dissertation. Dissertation. Thank ah. you. I knew it started with a D. Um, and he put forth something I never thought about. And I really found it fascinating that he's like the fact that jeff didn't let you all vote shows his intention he had no intention to cut around that moment his intention was to get that moment and that's how he got it over with and out of the way quickly i could have had an idol in my pocket he didn't ask me if i you know we should have voted um in in uh survivor cambodia there was an ugly scene uh, between Cass and Tasha, these might not mean anything to you, but um, Tasha—I
1: know the names. <laughs> Tasha
2: accused Cass of being racist. Cass used the word "lynched," and Tasha had a fit and turned it into a thing. Cass didn't mean it in any; she was talking about something else. She just used the word, and it was an ugly thing that exploded at Tribal Council. And Cass said, "If they put that on TV, I'm going to sue them." She told me that when it came, but she came back to it. And then when it aired, it wasn't on the air at all. He cut around it, so part of me was thinking they may cut around it. You know, in that in that moment when I'm sitting there, and that's all happening, I'm thinking to myself, maybe this is a Tasha Cass moment. This won't be on TV. It was one of the ways I kind of rationalized it all with myself in that moment. But um, he didn't even let us vote, so it showed he had no intention of cutting around it. He wanted to show it. But that whole journey after that night, when I left there, you know, the final words, they have to shoot your final words. And I had to sit down. I remember walking away from the set and you walk down this thing to this tent. And for the jury, that's where the scale is and the doctor and they weigh you. And I was walking down that way. And it was just it was the first time I'd been alone in weeks. And I'm walking down this pathway thinking, what did I just do? What, what, what? I couldn't even think through. It's like, what just happened? And I got into that tent and nobody was there. So I sat down in that chair and I was by myself. I didn't know where to go, who was coming. I was completely alone. I ripped my microphone off. And then they came to get me for my final interview. And I'm like, oh, put the microphone back on. And I sat down and that producer that met me in the woods showed up behind the camera. And there were 20 people back there. And in those final interviews, when you're leaving, it's just two or three people. There were 20 people wanting to see what I was going to have to say. And when her first question to me was, so tell me how you feel. And I'll never forget it. I let her know how I felt. And I let her know that it was her involvement that had me feeling that way. And
0: they didn't show that.
2: Oh, no, no, not at all. But it took me a, such a long period of time to really get my arms around what actually happened there. It wasn't something that I could handle in that moment. You know, you fight, you flee, or you freeze. And mm-hmm. I was forced to freeze. I couldn't do anything about it. The narrative was created by Glad. The people had their view of what I was based off of that. And I couldn't stop it. My, I was fired. I couldn't stop it. And just I couldn't, I can't explain to you how that felt to be in that situation. And to not see an end to it anytime soon, it was it just went on for years and years and years. It wasn't until I started fighting back that it eased off. And I really think that I have figured out how to silence the lambs, mm. is to take them on. It's like, okay, you think that? Tell me why you think that. And I'll engage with people. If people come at me and they say something awful, I don't see them as somebody willing to learn or grow or hear my story. That's somebody trying to cause trouble for me. And they have a different reaction for me. And these tweets and posts and stuff fighting back are there. So if you read it out of context, it may look like I'm an awful person, but I'm not. I'm fighting an awful person in a way that an awful person's hearing me and they're leaving me alone. And I'm, it's just an interesting. My life is so interesting. <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> going on. And
0: well, it's and crazy. it's like, and when, I need to go
2: back to Cambodia and sit in a temple for a while.
0: <laughs> go back to, well, I mean, I think there's, you must, it must be. At some point, you're like, "Am I am I in a victim mode of what happened to me, or do I fight back?" And also, is the fighting back going to be beneficial right. for my spirit? Right. Because there's our bot We we require our bodies and and spirits really require and desire homeostasis. Yes. You know, we don't want to be going up and down like this. And and PTSD and all of these things, like in, it's, it's such a, big thing wrapped in. It's not like you just. Decided one day to go on Twitter and say these off, say some awful things about somebody. Right, you just asked a you asked a question. Right. that in society is we've been taught not to, and to use that as yes. an example. This is what not to do in society. Um, you know we're not supposed to out people. And, right, but for which
2: I, of course I know I would never do right. that. And so put- here I am, the poster child for outing somebody, and it's not something I was even truthfully doing that night. Truth be told. Zeke's yeah. been out for years. This is right. another little wrinkle that I didn't throw out there. He was out. He's been out for years, but
0: he'd never and, done it on the show. Apparently not right?
2: on the show, but in the press, there are articles that were written an article that's written where he's out. And he even says the words mm-hmm. I'm loud. Mm-hmm. I'm proud. And I don't care who knows it. That's mm-hmm. in the press. When you say something privately to a friend or a coworker, that's one thing. When you say it in the press, mm-hmm. it's another. And he was confronted with that by somebody. And all of a sudden the article disappears. But I had already saved it and printed it, and the Wayback Machine has it. And there was—that's another. In, there was an intention shown there that shows intention to me. Why did you delete it? Why, where, why is it gone? And who got rid of it? So in hindsight, you know, I didn't out him. I, I'm, and and he was running. You were talking about how gracious and nice he was, and talked about the wonderful experience. Of course, he's running down red carpets. They're giving him the prime treatment he's playing this role of this victim and he is that was an awful thing but at the end of the day he was already out and now he's playing a different game and i have a different opinion of him today that's a whole nother road we can travel down but i just try to keep myself as healthy and as positive as i possibly can while silencing the lambs and not hating that show keeping it in a good place so I can speak to people like you about what a wonderful experience it was for two seasons and what I learned and grew from, and how those two helped me be strong enough to get through what the third one did. I will always praise that show. Jeff Propes is a different situation. And I know, CG, that you watched the show at his house. I saw that episode. So I thought, oh no, she's probably a propes fan, and I might say the wrong thing. Uh.
1: Um, <laughs> just I'm not not offended not at all Good,
2: I'm glad if you say something about
1: <laughs> Ian Summerholder on the other hand then yeah. I might be offended I might I fight know. that
2: with you too darling <laughs> we'll go at them together on that
1: I just want to say thank you I know like you you know you do interviews and this can't be an easy topic to talk about so just you know thank you for sharing your story and I'm glad we have given you the platform to share your story I'm... because I think it is a learning experience and people you can learn from it a, like survivor, whoever, like it is something to be learned from for everyone. Um, yeah. So I'm just glad you were able to share it here.
2: I appreciate that. And when anybody says, I'm glad we were able to give you the platform that hits me because there's so many people trying to take mine away. So I'm grateful.
0: You know, I've got I've kind of come to this conclusion in life that, you know, everything in the world truly is neutral. It just is until human beings put a positive or negative judgment on it. Yeah and and it doesn't have to be not everything is like i said yes. just not everything's good not everything's right um, it's comedy and tragedy i think this show is this amazing human experiment and as it's grown and changed and such we i i've always known that this is all of hollywood and and entertainment is a manipulative art form yes ma'am and it is designed to tell you how to feel in any given moment So from the very beginning they have there's music to present that it's comedy there's music to present you to that it's dramatic it's edited in a certain way it's you're 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 doing the job that you were hired to do
2: yes there are publicists with connection to press that puts out the specific message and narrative and the press puts it out there, you know, being in news as well and watching the, this is another excellent journey was the negative press from somebody who's been in the press for 15 years. I know how all that works. So if that's what you said that came from who and how, and seeing someone write about me, I know what part of that is a lie and is not true, but people out there don't to them. It's true. And so it doesn't matter what's real with me. I now have to live up to this narrative and prove it wrong or, you know, and it's so not fair. It's just an awful thing that happened. Yeah. And I praise Bethany Frankel for what she's doing because these situations are quite prevalent. They're everywhere and they happen all the time in these networks. They get such a hold on you that you're scared to talk about it. I would have been scared to talk about this, but every bridge I walk to get here is gone. <laughs> so it really doesn't so th- hurt you think
0: me. So once you left your relationship was, there was no asking you back. There was no, no man.
2: No, there's not there- enough money on the planet for me to come right. back. I'm not going to up. I trusted them. I trusted them and they betrayed that. And the, everybody in the process betrayed it. So you don't, you don't come back from that.
0: Yeah. I can only imagine. And, and, you know, just from a point of view of watching and seeing. And I was offered um, the housewives at one point. And my where are you really? to, to represent some of the other ladies, She said, no, I will not let you go on because you are sweet. You're kind. She said what the what they force you to do with the surprises. They she said, you're not the right person to do
2: this. You're wow. Too,
0: you're too fragile. <laughs> you're,
2: so you're CG too- was almost a Bravo child.
1: <laughs> I think I'm too fragile, too. I don't think I would have been able to do that either.
0: Well, and I don't anything. Well, and I and I so I know that when it's when it comes to being on camera, they want you to just all of the ugly things that have haunted me about humanity. They want you to do to make that. So it's uh, you know, they're going to get a
2: sexy story with or without your approval.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I was warned about it, and I was, and and like doesn't matter, doesn't matter that they would pay well or not. Um, that was, it's not me.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you didn't do that. I don't watch TV anymore. This has ruined my television. I don't. I haven't watched, sat down and watched a nighttime, primetime drama in a long time. I will watch Outlander. I'll, I'll make time <laughs> for that one. And I'm watching Big Brother because Sari supports me, and I support oh my everybody. Gosh. Who everybody who supports me, I will support that's you.
1: Survivor, actually, I think I like Big Brother. You watch Big Brother more than Survivor. Oh, I've seen almost every season of. Big I Brother think that's awesome.
2: the show I should have been on. Everybody's telling me you're not the Survivor guy. You're the Big Brother person. I should have done.
1: that. <laughs> I love but it. But that's
2: gone.
1: That's what you, it's you should go on Big Brother, hundred no, percent. I support it. I'm done. So,
2: uh, I'm done. just a
0: couple things to wrap up because yeah. you've been so lovely to spend so much time with us. Um. Do you still talk to anybody that you played with and you still have some lasting friendships with some people?
2: Yes, absolutely. Several, several of us. And the way that I have my relationships with these people is there are so many that I could just call today that I haven't talked to in years. And it'd be, you know, there are a handful that I would never touch again or go anywhere near. But yeah, that's brought me some really wonderful people.
0: And were they supportive and and helpful? And were they a good ear for you?
2: That's why they're still here. Yeah. Yeah. Because others weren't. And that's when you go through something like that, it shows you who deserves to be in your space. You learn. That's one of the first things I learned is you don't deserve me. And you are part of my like you. I, I the bad things that I do. I do because I hang out with you. Go away. And you just it changes your whole perspective. Yeah. and it's actually a very lonely place to be because when you when you work through therapy and go through stuff like that and you see the world a specific way that's different than you did before the people in your world don't fit anymore and you feel that and they feel that and you have to find new people and I've drifted apart from some and I have some new folks in my world and I'm I've never been happier
0: that's that's a that the gift it of took a minute to get here yeah is is a really it, I mean, leaning into the pain, knowing that you're going to come out stronger from something. I mean, it does. I mean, in that respect, like, what do, you, what do you think is the biggest lesson that that survivor has taught you that that you can do hard things that you're like, what is the I, first thing that pops into your head? I
2: cannot believe I don't have something prepared for that. <laughs> you would have think somebody, thought somebody had asked me that. Before. I
0: think you said a lot of the less. I mean, so
2: much. I mean, there's many. I don't know that I could choose one specific thing.
0: I mean, I, um, I I can only imagine just like just even putting ourselves into stressful situations, whether it's just camping or going yeah. surfing or 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 running a marathon or doing things that that challenge us.
2: Do it. We always. do them so yeah. that we
0: come out of it with, man, I can conquer my yeah. life. I can I can do hard things?
2: Absolutely.
0: This question is my favorite
1: because I think of it as, you know, advice that I get in a way. Um, If you could tell your younger self anything from the point you are at in your life right now, what would you tell him?
2: To learn to forgive yourself is probably a big one because you do a lot of things in your life and you feel certain ways about those things and they shape how you feel about other things and Bring people, when you realize that something's not right, you can really beat yourself up in a way that just damages your esteem and changes your direction for a negative thing. So the first, one of the first things, if somebody's in an ugly place or they're just not sure what to do, and they're, they're mad at themselves because they did something, you have to start by first forgiving yourself. Nothing else will work until you do that. And to have courage, I would tell my young self that there's so much that you just that nothing is as big as you think it is and there's so many people out there who love you even when you think they don't and you can get through anything just persistence and forgiveness and acceptance and so many things i love you that call me anytime you need a pep talk cuz i can
1: shoot stuff <laughs> out of my butt to say in 2 that. seconds <laughs> I needed to hear something like that right now. So. Oh, yeah.
2: You, you yeah. tell me more, I can give you more. I work with okay. uh, young kids, actually. Part of what I do is work with um, uh, detransitioners, I'm starting to say. That's opening up a door for another thing. But it, this has led me to a place that's fascinating. Oh, we could so- talk for four hours. There's so much going on.
0: It's a wild and wonderful world, and it's... Like, I, I mean, there's a reason it's the comedy and tragedy masks like that, that, that describe yes, Isn't it? Everything. It's true. It's, it really and is. And I love
2: that I interviewed you on a carpet one year and here we are. I wish <laughs> I could remember. Back in the remember. day where I was
0: like, oh my gosh. I, I <laughs>
2: remember thinking you were gorgeous. To me, you were the most beautiful yeah. of the cast. Cause you, you know, when you're interviewing people and they come up and they're talking to you, I'm listening to you, but I'm also marveling over your eyeshadow. <laughs> and the way your lipstick matches your dresses and I'm I've, I have memories of looking at the way women did their eyeshadow Halle Berry Melania Trump I interviewed the Trumps once and oh wow I wasn't even looking at him because she had yeah. something really fancy going on and especially
0: like, in those red carpet lights they're they're pretty yeah yeah, yeah you're yeah.
2: you're under the light I'm not so I get yeah. it just and you you've watched tv shows for so many years and up comes this person you've watched and they're like real and you want to touch them and be all (laughs) fangirly but you can't because you're you know a person (laughs) and it just was a fascinating time and i'm really i'm happy that i had the chance to meet you then and today too and cg cg you're just gorgeous you've got a great light and energy coming off of you and i'm so grateful y'all had me here
0: thank you so much i i do i do love how you ended with the one of the most important things that I've been working on personally is allowing myself to make mistakes and instantly moving on mistake, yeah. move on that. I'll take notes on that and move on. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, everyone has a right to their, to, to fulfill their destiny and everyone has a right to, to trip fall and recover. It's all how we recover. Yeah, And, and we our, have to let people do that. I know, and our purpose in life is to be useful and to give back to others. So, um, thank you so much.
2: And thank you. I hope thank you'll thank you. have me back when I get my book done.
0: Sure. Oh my gosh, I'm
1: the biggest reader. So the second you said you have a book, I'm like, okay. The second it's on pre order, signing up, gonna read it.
2: It's gonna I be would... so good if I can. I'm, just say. I'm So proud of it. It's I'm nowhere near finished. It's gonna take a lot more time, but it's going to be something. That I needed, and it's going to be something different than what people would expect it to be. Wow. Very excited, it. I'll send you a Thank copy. Thank you.
0: Thank you for sharing your story. I think it's um this is one of the most groundbreaking television series of all Hollywood history. And it, like I said, this human experiment is um it's intense and brave. Mm-hmm. And it just it's a euphemism for for life and and our our journeys. So yeah. I think you've, I think you've done it well. Thank and, you, ma'am. Um, you know, because it's, it, it's everything that encompasses what being a human being is about.
2: So. Well, I might send you an email sometime asking for some tips on a podcast because I have no idea what I'm doing, but people have told me I should do one for years and I'm sure. So I'm following you both now on TikTok.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I've been yeah, slacking think... on that one.
2: <laughs> so it's, I'll pop um... you some oh. questions sometimes. Uh
0: uh, you know, my trick was that um, I used to think that it was so like I needed to control it, needed to be planned out. And and one of the things that I just started doing is when I research who I'm speaking to is I just focus on things that interest me and and things that I that that I find interesting. I ask the um, my guest and it's kind of developed into these. Um, there's some preparation that goes into it, but then it comes into, but then I let go of it and let it happen organically as you
2: were saying. It's beautiful. I would love it if one day you would send me that list of those words that describe me. If you have those written down somewhere, I do. I do. I would love that. I can
0: give you a copy of this, um, um, this document that we, that we focused on. In fact, I meant to send it to you and I didn't quite get it,
2: it, uh, Okay. That touched me. I think that I could use that on a bad day.
0: Thank you. Well, Jeff Arner, thank you so much for sharing your story and um, all the best to you. And I hope to see you again on the red carpet. Thank you.
2: You won't <laughs> see <laughs> Not me my goal
0: anymore. <laughs> no,
2: no. I'll applaud you from my living room. Yeah, right. Nice dress, great hair. Awesome.
0: CG, we'll see you on the red carpet.
2: Yeah, we'll see you. And the cool thing is, if you become a famous actress, here I am on tape asking you if you're going to be a star. <laughs> like, I got there first
0: right thank, thank you me. so Use much this
2: moment for coming Y'all let on. me know when this airs
0: i will yes for absolutely sure. absolutely thank you guys very much thank i appreciate you so it so much
2: thank you much
0: love to your puppy dog
2: yep he's starving his <laughs> okay, time he's standing right there <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> thank thanks guys thank thanks you,
0: you. take care bye. bye thank you guys so
1: much for listening and many thanks to jeff for coming on the podcast uh please follow rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast and if you want to watch it check us out on youtube for additional content and live zooms with us, you can join our Patreon. And we would love for you to follow us on social media. My Instagram and TikTok is C G M I R, and my mom's is the Melinda Clark. And you can follow at By Bitches Podcast on Instagram. And with that being said, Bye, bye Bitches! bitches.